0: Hi, podcast listener. Welcome to Truth About Exits, a show dedicated to pulling back the curtain to reveal what it really takes to get deals closed. You'll hear directly from founders of companies who have raised capital, sold their companies, and even those who acquire other companies for growth. I'm your host, Corin Woodmass. I'm a dealmaker, advisor, and when I'm not closing deals, I love to talk to others who About their deals and what it took to get them closed. And now you can listen into these conversations too. For all the show notes and more resources, go to truthaboutexits.com. And we're live. Okay, so today I'm very excited to welcome to the show my friend Martin, who is also a former client of ours. And Martin was actually, I'm not sure if you know this, mate, you were our first client that we sold when we started the FBA broker. So there you go. <laughs> um, yes, that's awesome. That,
1: brilliant. Yeah, I know that. It was, you know, it was great to kind of, you know, be in the, in the beginning and uh, going through that process with you guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So we'll just Jump straight in. It'll be a little bit different. We've done a few client interviews. I'm more interested in learning a little bit more about you and and what you're doing now. So we'll we will talk about the sale process as well to close that loop. So would you like to introduce yourself and maybe just start with what you were doing before you started the brand and started selling on Amazon? Sure, no problem.
1: So my name is Marcin Harszewski. It's a weird sounding Polish name because I'm originally from Poland. Um I moved to Ireland 12 years ago, um, but I am what you would call normally a serial entrepreneur, um, so which is basically somebody who always has new ideas and starts new businesses. So, you know, the whole business and entrepreneurial thing wasn't new for me at the time of selling uh, the Amazon brand. Um, yeah, so I had a few business, some of them failed, some of them are still going, yeah, and at some point, when I had my last business kind of streamlined and systematized in a way that I found, you know, more time on my hands again, I decided, you know, to start looking around for some new ideas and opportunities. And I think the timing was right as well, because I kind of got into product design and because I was always kind of a designer type, uh, but it was always like flat design, which which will be web or print. Uh, while at the time, I kind of, you know, got excited about 3D design, which is like coming up with product ideas and all that. But that was like, I didn't even know about the Amazon at the time, you know, the private label opportunity. So I think the timing was right because then at the time when I was considering, you know, designing some products, I learned about the, you know, FBA private label Amazon kind of concept. Um Yeah, and I dove right into it. You know, I could say that I got obsessed with the whole concept, with the whole idea. Um, My wife will tell you that I was, you know, listening to everything I could. I had my loudspeaker system in my car broken, so I put my phone between my chin and my shirt while I was driving so I could listen to more podcasts. So I was like really going crazy there. And uh, yeah, I go, you know, dove right into it uh, because I love the idea.
0: Sure. Okay. So there's a couple interesting pieces about your business that I really want to dig into before we Mm -hmm. go into the sale process real quick. And as always, there's NDAs in place, so we can't actually talk about the specific products or niches. We're just talking generalities. Mm -hmm. So number one, one of the amazing decisions you made was to create a brand and a product suite that served the same target market. so how did you come up with that as a concept what led you down that path sure because that actually played when it comes to se- came time to sell the business
1: yes yes absolutely that was was definitely a good decision um, so let me start by saying that although I really you know, explore the whole idea of like private label and the whole Amazon selling thing. I didn't believe a word they were saying, you know, on those podcasts, right. I, I basically, I came from this traditional e-commerce world where you like, you know, build your Magento store for 12 months and then you make it live. And then you wait six months for your first sale. And then you wait another two months for another sale. And then maybe things will pick up. While here, you know, those guys are saying, like, oh, you know, you just put it up there and you start selling. I'm like, nah, that, that's not possible. So I decided what do I to do is, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, not in my world. <laughs> so what I wanted to do is just test, right? Okay, let's see if it's like even remotely true. So what I did is really quick product research, um, not going crazy, just a few days of product research, quick decision, and sourced a product from Alibaba that basically just, just looked slightly nicer than the rest, but it wasn't any like it wasn't special at all. But I did that only for the purpose of checking it's actually true about you know the the sales being generated on Amazon at that rate mm-hmm. they were saying. So so I did that, uh, made a listing and took some pictures at home and literally sold my first unit the second day of making it live. Okay, so I was at this moment like, okay, this is real, you know, this is real now I started to believe in all that, but you need to believe that the moment I sold my second unit, I already knew what will happen. Okay. Like I'm not in the business, you know, the first day. So I know how market works and it's obviously if the opportunity is good, competition will arrive very quickly. Okay. And it wasn't as bad as it is now, obviously, in terms of like people being aware of the opportunity but I already knew that day that I need to do something different to prepare myself for all the competitors that will eventually come. And uh, yeah, and I started to do what I really wanted to do initially, which is uh, designing a product. So I took that initial, you know, Alibaba product and completely redesigned it, went into custom molding, you know, creating a brand. It took a while because I had to learn all that, you know, myself, you know, I wasn't you know, an expert in product design or manufacturing and, you know, injection molding and all that at all. So it took a while, but interesting thing happened. You need to like imagine that the moment that new custom designed product arrived on Amazon and I started to sell that one, all the people that sold the initial product, the Alibaba one, started to sell the same product that day. So while they were fighting for my initial choice, you know, for the initial Alibaba product, I started selling the new one, the custom one. So in a way, you could say that I was one step ahead and I literally didn't have to worry about, you know, them fighting, like they going crazy in, in terms of, you know, bringing the price down and, you know, going with that. So I knew, okay, this is the way to go. Like it was way less stressful because I wasn't competing that much. And from that moment, I decided, okay, every next product that I will ever, you know, put out to the market will be custom made, custom designed, custom molded, you know, basically a brand brand new and completely different. So I think that was the the good decision.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think there's so much in that just simple story that you just told there Mm -hmm. that I'd like to highlight a couple of these things that I think there's nuances in a story like that that people may not pick up on. So I'll just mention a couple of them from my perspective. And obviously, this is where investors or buyers see value in a business as well. So you're playing defense from day one. So you learned about selling via Amazon, but you didn't take their word. You dipped your toe in and tried it for yourself. So you didn't go all in at the beginning just because someone else told you to do something. And you also realized very quickly that if it was that easy for you to do it's going to be that easy for everyone else to do you know sometimes we talk to entrepreneurs in this space that it got started and then they they're surprised when people also find their niche hmm. <laughs> it's a, just a matter of time right with the amount of software tools and things you can use now so i think you were really spot on that shows entrepreneurial maturity in my perspective to be on defense from day one and say, how do I build this that's more sustainable? And you may or may not have known, but more valuable when it came time to sell. Yeah. So yeah, that was a really good decision. So I'd also like to talk about a key piece that you mentioned as well, which helped us and we can kind of skip forward into the sale and handover process because this goes hand in hand. You mentioned that your other business was systematized and virtually running without you with minimal um, time investment from you. So where did you first learn about that? And when did you start implementing systems into your Amazon brand? Sure.
1: Generally, you could say that I was maybe always slightly, you know, systematized in a way that my brain works, but it doesn't come like naturally to me. In a way, if you ask my mom, if I was systematized, she would like literally laugh, you know, at you. But I think it was more from the side of things like, okay, how can you arrange things so you don't have to do much, so you can start something new probably, or some, you know, do something else. So I think it was just, um, it just came from this passion and need for doing more things and new things. That means that the first thing that you're starting has to be somehow organized, so it doesn't need you anymore. So I was always kind of like that, Um but of course, I, you know, I've learned from from the masters of the field. You know, it all started with e the, the book, and then uh, went from there. And uh, yeah, and I tried to, you know, implement um, some kind of systematization in, in kind of most business that I uh, did. Uh, one of the businesses that I have is uh, was a manufacturing business. So we had like proper manufacturing plant with warehouses and, you know, machines and all that. Uh, and what I've learned is that when I got introduced to the whole manufacturing process, I saw how, you know, unsystematized it can be if you don't utilize the current technologies, okay? So the manufacturing was, was you know, fairly streamlined. But when I came into the business and I started to implement the new technologies, the internet, all the IT stuff, you know, that business was literally transformed. So I learned a lot of that that business as well. Um, in terms of Amazon, the story is that Every time you start a new business as an entrepreneur, you have this idea that this time I will make it perfect, you know, like this time I will learn everything and this time will be perfect. So I thought, okay, I'm starting a new thing. This is looking good. This is promising. Let me do it like literally according to the book, you know? So I started doing that from the get-go. And I think, again, that was a very good decision. And that sort of led to the perfect transition that, you know, you'll probably talk about. So yeah, I, I have to say I started from the very beginning of building that business uh, to put all the systems in place that uh, that I did.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so let's switch gears and move forward in the process a little bit. So the high points of this brand and this business, why we eventually got a great offer, which was essentially what we asked for, which is great, was three things really. One, the brand had products that served the same target market like we mentioned at the top of the call which is awesome so there was a lot of room as well to expand into other product offerings it had a good brand name um, that's one of the things the buyer mentioned was this is a great brand name I can he had actually some products in mind that he launched under your brand name immediately, uh, which is awesome. So that was a nice little win, but also the systems that you'd set up and the staff that you had in place running this business, he could actually leverage for his existing Amazon based business. So he was newer to Amazon, um, although already selling there, his products were mostly outside of Amazon. So he was looking to leverage the systems that you'd created and the staff to his current business. And I've actually spoken to him since and it actually went pretty well. So that created a a lot more interest in closing on your deal than any other option that was on the market at the time, which was awesome. So once we got the offer, once we negotiated everything, everything was verified, we got to the purchase agreement stage and then there was a handover process. So because of your systems in place, the handover was much smoother And the buyer had more confidence in that going through. But could you just give us a quick snapshot of how that actually worked from your perspective as the seller doing the handover with those systems in place?
1: Sure. Yes. So you could generally say that the business was pretty ready to be taken over. So I had in place all the foundations uh, that I often talk about, which is basically a company wiki. Wikipedia, which stores all the information that may be potentially needed by somebody who is running the business or somebody who's helping in the business. So, just to give you an example and to the listeners, in Wiki you could have all the, for example, all the customer service templates and canned responses to to all the questions. So, our Wiki was like, you know, heavily developed. Okay, and on top of that, we use task management systems. So he also took over that. Also, probably the. The nice part of the handover was that I had an agreement with my own VA, virtual assistant, and that when it comes to selling the business, she will be happy to work with the new buyer for a set amount of time. I think we had like three months there in the agreement. And she did that, which also was like very helpful for the buyer from what I know, because literally nothing changed, right? She, he had a person who's already doing most of the daily And, you know, day to day activities. So he took over that as well. On top of that, I'm sure he learned a lot by just, you know, seeing how we do things and, you know, how the system task management is organized and how the wiki looks and how all the files are organized and all that. Now here, I really want to say like one thing about the virtual assistants and uh, that transition, because I think that's, that's kind of important. Many of you guys that are listening potentially have already a virtual assistant. And what I would suggest is to really be open with them about your potential idea of selling the business. Okay. What you don't want to end up happening is you talking to, you know, Coran, your broker, you know, your potential buyers about selling the business. And then one day it happens. And then you have to inform your team that you spend so much time building that, okay, this is your new guy. You Hopefully you will stay and help this guy out for a few months. And would you mind doing that? So that's not the right thing to do it and right way to do it. Because first of all, they may not agree. They may feel betrayed. They may feel basically not great about the whole idea because you basically didn't share that idea with them. And I guess that may not go too well with the buyer. Okay. Because you talk when you sell the business and as we had our calls uh, with Coran, with the new buyers, potential buyers, they ask those questions, you know, do you have VAs? Can you, you know, will they work with me during the transfer period and all that? And you may say yes, and then your VAs may basically disappear the moment you sell the business. And that probably may be dangerous to the deal, I would say, uh, maybe.
0: Yes, um, absolutely. So, yeah.
1: So I really want to like stress that honesty is always like the best, you know, policy for anything. So do that with your VAs and have some, you know, have some incentives. Uh, my VA got a very, very nice bonus because I believe she was the part of the team, part of me building the business. So so that bonus was there for her as well. And from, my, from what I know, she actually does a few hours uh, still to the new buyer. So that's, I think that's brilliant. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really good advice when when appropriate. Prepare staff for the the transition, and just let them know that you're thinking about it. And oftentimes, you know, a lot of our clients that do this realize that their staff want to stay on. Um, In some cases, they really love the brand they're working for, or in other cases, they just like their job and they want to keep their job. You know, so it's not always doom and gloom, but obviously, when I work with in the time frame, So you're not talking about it too early, not talking about sure. it too late. So uh, definitely talk to your advisor and and loop them in at the best time it would be my suggestion because that could vary greatly. No, that's that's really helpful. And just going back to the systems before that you mentioned, I, I wanted to jump in, but you, you went off on the uh, staff tangent, which was actually sure. very helpful. <laughs> so I let you go, but I wanted to just close one loop in my head, which was on the... Using your your processes procedures um, during the handover, I saw a couple of times in emails where you were actually referencing sections of the wiki <laughs> and linking direct to there so yeah. you were you were kind of helping the buyer find his own answer and then because he had that link, oh, it's in there and putting pointing back to the systems and processes um, yes. made it a lot easier, right? Because then he realized, yes, they're, they're all there. <laughs> so that was that was a good reminder.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, that that transition period, I think, depends. But uh, f- for a seller, it may be like a stressful period, right? Because uh, in a way, you're handing over your business and uh, you, you're not actually 100% sure of like how you know, maybe educated in the in the Amazon selling space is the new buyer, right? So you never kind of imagine like how many questions they may have during the period and the transition period and how will that actually look? So in our case, I think you could definitely say it was, it went very smooth. We had literally a handful of calls, of video calls that I went through a few things with the new buyer and yeah as you said the other thing was just exchange of emails where i generally would point them back to either wiki or uh, some kind of procedure or process that was already there
0: yeah and that was awesome i loved seeing that <laughs> <laughs> and of course we'll link to this in the in the show notes absolutely but you actually run a training program to help people systematize their amazon business as well right um, would you like to tell us just a little bit about that
1: sure so basically when uh, as i said i started to do the whole thing properly from the get go and you know when i kind of got myself into the amazon community like in facebook groups it turned out that people were kind of impressed with like the way i have it kind of laid out and systematized And so they were asking me questions. So I decided to help them out initially. And then from that, basically, I've created a a training program. I live under amazingworksystem.com. And that's where I kind of write about those things. I I do occasional uh, YouTube videos about the subject, uh, the wikis, the, the virtual assistants. But generally, on top of that, there is a full kind of you know, big program that takes you through the whole step of like how to go from zero to a systematized business. And it's really kind of directed to Amazon sellers because uh, the whole thing is based on my examples of that brand that uh, eventually got sold.
0: Awesome. After going through the whole transfer handover process, I can highly vouch for and Systems. So definitely check that out. And you've got some free training there so people can see what it's all about before jumping into any sort of paid program. Absolutely. If you just go to
1: the the amazingworksystem.com And there's free stuff that you can download. There's actually a very nice uh, sample process because some people may not even kind of imagine of how, what what the process actually is and how it may look in the Amazon business. And so you can download that free process. And from that, you can, you know, watch some of the free training and uh, it's it's all there for free initially. Yes.
0: Awesome. No, that's great. So definitely check that out. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, I will say um, I'm not quite done just yet um, (laughs) because... We. This is actually our second attempt at recording this. My, uh, I, I had a, a total meltdown with my uh, audio equipment last time we tried to do this, but it was a happy accident because we got talking about multiple streams of income. And I know that you have a a pretty interesting setup. So let's dive into what you're doing now, what you focus on, and if you'd like to share the story that you mentioned at your child's school with meeting some of the other parents. Uh, if we could get to that at the end, um, that would be pretty cool. It was an interesting story. Sure. So what are, you, what are you up to now and how many different streams of income or business businesses are you operating at the moment? Sure.
1: So basically, after selling the brand, I kind of took it easy for a few months uh, and then concentrated more on the uh, systematization training, so i do have that going and uh, the course and do a little bit of consulting in that on top of that i did start a new amazon brand again we're calling it amazon you know brand with, in quotation marks um so I did that, uh, but again, this time I went even more crazy in terms of customization and making it harder for, for people to jump in on the on the niche and on the product. So again, it took longer than I anticipated. But as I was explaining, the you know the harder it is for you, the harder it will be for for others. So uh, I don't see any, you know, disadvantage of it being hard. So I'm launch- launching that, and at the moment, on top of that, I do a little bit of. Uh, marketing, consulting as well. And I do have the previous businesses that I mentioned before. So, yeah, I mean, what I probably maybe should have mentioned before is that I'm currently back in Poland. After 12 years in Ireland, as I said in the beginning, we eventually moved back home, you could say, uh, to Poland. And generally, you could say I have a nicely set up work life, which basically I work from home. All the businesses are run online. And I generally enjoy, you know, my time with uh, with my daughter and my family. And I really, you know, appreciate of everything what happened, including the sale of the business, which which helped in the whole thing as well. But I'm always still, you know, open for learning from other people. And what I was telling a story to Koran was that we have a new school for our daughter in Poland after the move. And, and we're meeting new people, right? You're meeting new parents. And uh, luckily, many of them are, again, in a... Entrepreneurial space. Some of them are like even like big business people and investors and stuff like that. So I, I'm always like open to hear, you know, what they what they have to say and learn from them. But what I kind of find is that those people want to learn from me about the setup, the the fact that I work from home, the fact that I feel that I'm not stressed as much and you know that I do have time to spend time with my family and my daughter it's kind of funny where I would expect you know to learn a lot from them but they keep asking me those questions about the setup so I think that is kind of interesting and I guess it's a it's a sign that I guess I'm doing something right
0: yeah absolutely i'm not sure if we mentioned this too much on our last call but One thing I was really impressed with you from the beginning right the way through is you've been, your level of happiness and general happiness in day-to-day life stays very consistent. (laughs) (laughs) It's never very, it's never super high, but it's never super low. It's, you're just always happy, always smiling when I talk to you, which is awesome. Even when things, you know, were kind of bumpy through the sale process or whatever was happening, right? It just, you have this ability to stay positive no matter what's going on so how would you suggest people or do you have any tips or books <laughs> or frameworks for how someone could stay positive and stay happy because often um, you know people think that an exit is the way to get happy and once the money hits their bank they'll be happy but what we were discussing last time is it's a choice to be happy and you can be happy right now regardless
1: yes definitely uh, you know a subject for a huge podcast there. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah I would start with the fact that everything is a choice, and everything you can prioritize everything as well and your happiness you could prioritize as well so in a way when you, when you look at you know other people people's life, you could generally say, okay, you just don't make the decision to make happiness or free time or time with your daughter or you know generally less stress as your priority you, you're kind of choosing that. Uh, yourself. Now, I'm not saying that those people are choosing it consciously. They may be doing it unconsciously because it's always been like that. So to get to that level of like, okay, how how can I get out of the unconscious decision-making in my life to conscious? I think, again, it will always come back to what we would call self-development and can do it different ways. I can tell you how I do it. Um I always listen to audiobooks, for example. I never listen to a radio you can ask everybody you know I know uh, there's always audible playing in my in my car I play it at 2.2 speed sometimes so so I can uh, listen to even more that uh, that it's played there so constant kind of education and self-development on top of that I do have like proper morning routines where you know I try to incorporate meditation there some journaling and all that stuff. Um, I have to say that, I have to say a word trying to do my best, not saying that I do it because people always think that, oh, Jesus, he does it every day. Really? I tried and it didn't work for me. It doesn't work for everyone every day. You need, like You need to know, okay? So if everybody says, I do meditation, they don't actually mean they do it every day. They mean they try to do it their best to do it every day, you know? So, so just to clear that up, because I don't want to stress anybody in, instead of you know helping. So try to do that. And again, you know, happiness, free time with my daughter is like literally on top of my list.
0: Absolutely, that's a a really big a big help there. I think a lot of times you think, oh, I've got to do a hundred things each day to be happy, and you can just start with one or two things and layer on top of that. And if you don't hit it one day, you know, with us, it's it's travel um, when we're traveling. Sometimes I miss meditating and miss my morning routine. And that kind of throws me out for a day or two sometimes. But then you jump back on the horse and you're straight back into it, right? So we're big fans of audiobooks too. Uh, We just did a a massive drive to my wife's family's house. We're back in Australia at the moment. And we almost finished an audiobook in the drive up there and back. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. And it was my second time listening to it, my wife's first time. A book called Wealth Can't Wait. I think I mentioned this to you last time. Mm amazing book so a lot of that is actually mindset and choosing what you're doing as well so i'm right there with you mate i think <laughs> mindset is key number one skill set to build and it's something that you need to put in the reps to to make it work you can't just read one book listen to one audio book listen to a podcast meditate once and you're done it's <laughs> something you need to constantly work on you will see those results over time absolutely yeah, absolutely well, I hope people got a lot of value out of the call today with you. I know I did. And I love any time I get to talk to you is, is a good time. So I always end up smiling at the end of the call. So thank you for that. Sir. Thank you for being a mate and and a, and a client as well. And uh, is there any way in particular, other than what you've already mentioned, which is amazingworksystems.com, that people can reach out to you and, and see what you're up to and maybe connect with you? Um,
1: sure. Because of my surname, it's kind of hard for me to like even, you know, guide you somewhere else. I think if, you know, amazingworksystem.com itself, uh, you would maybe want to, you know, reach out directly to me. I can, you can email me. Again, it's Marcin, it's M-A-R-C-I-N, Martin with C instead of T at amazingworksystem.com. So you can email me there. And if you're in Facebook groups, if you Google M-A-R-C-I-N and, you know, systems, I'll probably come up somewhere there. So definitely, you know, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'll be happy to help in in any way I can.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks so much, brother. Thanks for coming on the call. And yeah, like I said, we'll link to everything in the show notes and highly recommend checking out March and stuff. And yeah, thanks once again, mate. And have a great day.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the call. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Truth About Exits. Now, whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. If your company is doing between 10 to 50 million plus in revenue, and you want help to plan your perfect exit to achieve the highest value and best deal terms possible, or if you'd like advice on acquiring other companies to continue to grow your company, we can help. Go to truthaboutexit.com forward slash consult. There you'll see a simple form to tell us a little bit more about you, your company, and your goals. And my team and I will take it from there. So go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash consult. The second way I can help is become a guest on our show. If you've had a successful exit, you want to share your story, or if you're actively acquiring other businesses and want to share your criteria with our audience, go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash guest. Let's connect and I'd love to talk to you. The third way I can help you is one of my favorite things in the entire world is sharing the truth about exit stories with other entrepreneurs by speaking at events all over the world. So far, I've had the privilege of speaking at events in the US, Canada, UK, Spain, Germany, Ukraine, Czech Republic, over in Asia, China, Hong Kong, Thailand, and even Australia. If you'd like me to speak at your next event, go to truthaboutexits.com forward slash speaker and tell me a little bit more about your event and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.